Blog Talk Radio. try to hit some of the ones that we wanted to bring to everybody's attention. And the rest of it, you're just going to have to catch up. That's all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how you doing tonight, Papa Didi? I'm good. I have nothing to drink beside me, but uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Did you did early the club fall out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you doing, Kettle? I can't complain. How about you guys? Are you doing all right? I'm good. I bet you are. With this, I got my glass. This peach blossom here. Mm-hmm. Papa did you slap on that just tonight? Man. Yeah, we'll we'll hook you up on the break. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Mr. Sure. Lowe's back there, the bartender, but <laughs> see what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we uh, dive in here first? Might as well. Got a lot to cover you, like mm-hmm. you said. The water is good. Let's dive in. All right. Well, our hot topics for tonight, Sally May execs enjoy Maui retreat while student debt tops $1.6 trillion. Are you serious? No, that's a, that's a damn That's a choke. I, I, I need something to drink behind that. Uh-uh. Also, I got you. Also, we lost a giant. A giant of integrity and knowledge has fallen. Also, Trump Doral Resort to host G7 Summit. Oh, Lord. Uh, hidden and quit a headlines. I'm sorry. Feds say Academy Sports bears responsibility in mass shooting in the um, Su- Sutherland Spring. Also, Michael Jordan unveils Charlotte Medical Clinic for underprivileged families. Hey. Canada's Cannabis 2.0. Edibles, um, beverages, vapes on deck. Mm. Former Fort Worth officer refuses to speak with detectives. Um... What is that? Atatiana Jefferson about her. Mm-hmm. And also Harrison Barnes and Malik Jackson to pay for um, Atatiana Jefferson's funeral. Um, what's popping with Papa Didi? Our weird news also. We're going to lighten it up. Man charged after roommate attack believed he was a vampire. Oh, boy. Thieves snatched 7,000 pounds of apples. An Iowa family's basement soaked with five inches 
of animal blood. Okay. I'm just Must saying. Your Halloween time. It is. I'm just saying with red wine, go ahead and feed the children. Living for the city with Papa Didi. Uh, I got quite a bit on the Hollywood wrap-up tonight. Cocktail of the week is uh, peachy, so we'll talk about that later. Ooh, peachy, peachy. I'll kiss the list and the last one. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, because that's what we have. We're going to get uh, Papa Didi one, and we'll be back with the hot topics. Do you have unruly children? Do they misbehave in school and get bad grades? Are timeouts completely ineffective? Are you scared to spank them because they might have you arrested? What they need is a new school where discipline is number one and education is secondary. What they need is... Whoop that ass academy. Here at the Whoop that ass academy. We don't have discipline problems. Know why? We're privately owned and we do what we want. And when kids get out of hand, we whoop that ass Time out is for football games. When kids want to show off, we don't give them a timeout. We just whoop that ass. We don't make a kid stand in the corner. That's my house plan. When one of our kids gets out of order, we snatch him out of that classroom and whoop that ass. Here at WTA Academy, we make sure they learn the basics of reading and writing, math and science. But above all else, they learn discipline. This is what will keep your kids out of jail. Make the world a better place. Sometimes you gotta whoop that ass. And we do. Here at WTA Academy, our motto is, we care enough to whoop that ass. They may not read and write too well, but they'll act like they've got sense. Because we whoop that ass. So bring your kids on down to whoop that ass academy. We'll get them straight. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. We got to sit in for the intern. The intern had to step out tonight. So Red Brian, Red Brian is trying to intern. It's almost like uh, the principal trying to be a Well, how about a little gratitude then? Teacher. You know, do? folk do the best they can. Oh, my God. A little Lisa. thank you would go a long way. Thank you, Red Brian. <laughs> You're welcome, Kettle. All right. Lord, and this end grade over here. <coughs> Anywho. Okay. Anyway. And, and who are you? I'm uh, Papa Didi. Okay, and I'm, I'm Kettle. Uh, and I'm Red Vine. <laughs> right. Red Vine is having a commitment. <laughs> He's you know. having, uh, uh, Papa Didi's having a temper um, tantrum about his cool cocktail. So. <laughs> right, I I'm can trying keep to take over with the best All right, here we go. Um, Watch out, man. You know, um, this first story I got is, uh, did we do the rundown? Or? Yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. Oh, where was I? I don't know. You're having a red star day. Um, <laughs> you know what? This this first story is, is pretty pretty heavy, you know, and, and the sad part about it is that when I saw it on the news, you know, they gave it about five minutes like they give all news and it knocks down the seriousness of it because they don't take it serious. Uh, the CEO was, was kind of playing it off like it was a joke or what have you, and he said he's celebrating. Now, my question, what he was celebrating was, uh, I'm just giving you an overview of this. He's celebrating the new loans that were issued now, mm. the sad thing about the Sally Man Arrestes people, these loans are so protected where you can't file bankruptcy or nothing against them to get out of them. And every time they write somebody off, they got somebody locked in. It's worse than the NRA. It's worse than any anything going oxycodone, crack. It's worse than anything, in my opinion. You know, and they know that people are so strung out on trying to educate themselves and their children that they will stop at nothing when it comes to getting people in that particular system, which I think that the whole college system, the way it is today, is one of the worst systems ever put in place. 
you know, there's no way you should really be out there trying to make something better for yourself. And at the back end, you get hit with a ton of bricks up against your head with a debt that's out of this world that you're going to die owing somebody. Half the people that they, that owe end up dead, and they'd be like, well, I'm that person, so they died. You know, so they don't get half that damn money back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you're trying to hang it on somebody else's ass. Anyway, so let's get to the story. The topic is Sally Mae's executive. They enjoy a Maui retreat while student debt tops $1.6 trillion, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, in my opinion, all these colleges, and then, you know, well, like I said, we, we're going to elaborate on this here. We're going to, you know, anyway. <laughs> you all right over there? What? Go ahead. The intern, you have to stop. Take these pictures off the screen when I'm trying to be serious here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the intern is looking at a picture of a, a girl rubbing a big-ass animal. I don't know what it's a bear or fox or wolf. It's a wolf. Yeah, okay. Anyway, you put it back to the words. Anyway, all right. Now, as one in five American adults wonder how to pay off their combined $1.6 trillion in student debt. Sally Mae executives and sales team members are they 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 they, they wrestle with a different they wrestle with a different question between meetings. Uh, how should they spend their time on their five day luxury uh, Fairmont Resort on what's this called? Uh, how you pronounce that? Wale, Walea 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 Beach in in Maui. It's in Maui. Mm-hmm. Okay now. What they're doing is they're celebrating the fact that they have uh, now Shanghai a bunch of folks. Shanghai, three hundred and forty-seven thousand new borrowers, mm-hmm. which will earn them five billion dollars when this is paid off. Christ. Now you already have one point six trillion dollars that people owe people. Mm-hmm. Now my question is, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Now, now here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Now let's let's enter in the NCAA college football. Not to mention basketball. Let's talk about football. College football on TV every Saturday. Now your average pro stadium, like the Link or uh, FedEx, these stadiums hold an average of forty-six thousand people. I think the Link in Philadelphia, where the Eagles play. Holds about maybe forty-eight, maybe to fifty-two thousand. These college stadiums, like Alabama, Oklahoma, Nebraska, these stadiums hold a hundred and six thousand people. Mm. The seating capacity double. Now the athletes are getting paid a dime. Wow. They're they're selling stuff. They got all kinds of. You you've seen it. They got the drummers and the everybody in the band and everybody in the and money, money, money. Not to mention March Madness that comes along. Mm-hmm. And you know how crazy that is with the brackets and everything. Mm-hmm. That generates billions back to the colleges again and back to the NCAA. Nothing again to the people. Students is out there playing for free like like slave croppers. There you go. And they might as well be butt neckers down on the side of they a pier. Picking that cotton. I mean, it, it's just, you know, this world is being picked apart. I think it's going to burst, you know. It's going to burst. You know, they say the world's going to end by fire, and it's going to, the friction is going to be so heavy because everybody else is going to be broke. 
and the rich people aren't going to be able to sustain. They're going to be eating themselves because they used to eating everybody else and they eat themselves. Anyway, but here's the deal. So Sally Mae brought more than uh, 100, uh, more than 100 of his employees to, to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, they, not not mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20. They brought all expenses paid to a resort, more than 100 employees to Hawaii in August to celebrate a record year of what I said before, $5 billion for getting 374,000 new borrowers, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, the company said it didn't pay for employees' families to attend. But some did tag along. That's BS. You don't tag along to That's the wife. That's BS. Okay, there's no way you're gonna tell the husband that her wife, the wife, got to pay for the trip. Please, who are you? Who are you BS? Anyway, we said, hey, look, Mallard's a pretty nice spot. This is the, the CEO now. They quoted him. He said, uh, hey, look, Mallard's a pretty nice spot. And so, if you want to stay a few days and want to bring your family, that's up to you. This is uh, Roy Crenta, the CEO of Sally Mae, told NBC News on the grounds of the Fairmont Hotel when they ran up against him and ambushed him. He said, we're just doing a little celebration, just like any other sales force, like a car dealership, like anywhere else. You know, we're celebrating sales. Sales. Okay, you got people hanging themselves trying to pay off student debt. He's people taking their lives. Taking their lives oh, because they can't pay. You got little young girls. Suckers. You got little young kids that are 22 years old coming out of college, trying to find a job, and they got like $85,000 in student loans hanging over their heads. You got doctors. And that's in year one, because once the interest starts tagging on and adding up. You got doctors in a hospital that are now, you know, they they have a residence there. They got $250,000 in student loans hanging over their heads. Out of control. So, and they're celebrating in Hawaii because they just signed off another, uh, Three hundred and seventy-four thousand suckers. Mm-hmm. What else? What, what else can you call? I and mean, I say suckers. I'm not talking about the people, but right. I'm saying this is how they're looking at it. They don't care about you. Right. They're celebrating the fact that they done dip more. They done baptize more people. It might as well be a cult. <laughs> they might as well have had. They might as well have white robes on. I have a friend of mine who has over three hundred thousand dollars in parent loans that she paid for her her kids to be able to go to school. And see, when they get you on it, they start out and they say, okay, well, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, your education for your children is so important and all of that stuff. And people just start signing up. You sign up for these things, and then they renew semester after semester. And before you know it, that interest starts piling up. And when she said that that bill right now is over 300000 and she cannot afford it, and there's really nothing you can do. They don't really try to work with anybody for payment plans. People have tried to sue. It, it's just been a bunch of stuff going on with that. And like you said, you're right. Bank, if it's a federal loan, bankruptcy will not excuse it. I think it's a little bit different if it's a private loan, but then it's st- it gets real murky with that stuff. So. Yeah, but, you know, but the whole thing in a nutshell is the fact that what gets me is that we've had two or three 
presidential debate so far, and I heard no question on it at all. Mm, mm. I've heard about uh, what, what they've what they been talking about. I've heard a couple of comments on it, I ain't heard but nothing. I haven't really I heard, heard anybody nothing. come up with a real point. I, I heard well, Bernie that is Bernie saying that Sanders people should about, go to college for yeah, free. Yeah, but this is about yeah, but this was but that doesn't eradicate do. what about all the, the loans What about the current crap? Okay, exactly. You can't say your dog. You should have a plastic bag when you walk a dog. When there's a bunch of doo doo already in the park, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just this is crazy, yeah. and I didn't hear one question on their debate that really focuses on that. For someone to ask the candidates, "What are you going to do about the student loan problem, and how are you going to help relieve people of student loans?" I don't yeah. think the candidates would have an answer. I don't think so. Think they would not right have an answer. That. Their hands are tied. I think you're right about that. So anyway, yeah, some things law. aren't spoken. I don't know what else they can. There's do. so much money being funneled the between law. the final four or the the uh, March Madness and the football season with college. Colleges are making a ton of money, okay, and the students aren't making a dime, and it's just a mess. It's a mess, and the people that are getting rich off it, they come in there. So the coaches and everybody else. They come in here wearing average clothes, average this, follow someone back to their homes, to their mansions that they live in. Mm-hmm. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, you know, but everybody comes, everybody gets on TV like they're so, even uh, coaches uh, of different teams that we wanted. The guy, uh, Nick Saban, who's the coach of Alabama. You got the other guy, the coach of Clemson. You got the coach of uh, of Georgia. Following them coaches back to their to their homes. They live in mansions. And the players aren't getting paid a dime. Oh, what? Then the argument is, well, well, getting free room and board. Then you even got people talking like that. Mm-hmm. When they talk, when people start complaining about it, you got some of them crazy, we ain't going to say who they are. But they're saying, well, what are you complaining about? Talking about the black players. What are you complaining about? You're getting a free education. Ain't nothing free about exactly. no education. The only benefit is that they're not having to sign up for one of those loans. First of all, you are That's living... It. You are making that college a ton of money, and you're living in a dorm, okay? Exactly. You're living in a dorm. You're not living you're, in your own You're going to the bathroom apartment. that's got nine stalls. you got nine sinks next to each other. It's, cra- mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, and, and this is not being spoke on, and it's so sad because mm-hmm. all this presidential stuff, somebody needs to put a stop, and I'm going to close with this. Somebody really needs to put a stop to this madness, and the fact that they were out there on this resort, celebrating like this just shows that it's so blatant anymore that they don't care. They don't care if you lose your shirt. They don't care if you jump off a cliff, jump off a building. You get you are butt naked poor and your children's butt naked poor and they're out there celebrating in Maui. Yep. They high fiving each other. Look how many sales we made. Yeah. Three hundred and seventy four thousand new borrowers, which would make them five billion dollars in four years. That's so sad. Who makes five billion in four years? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> All right, moving on. I was just a rapid after a while. Okay. Yeah, that stuff makes my stomach hurt. And what's that? Sally Mae? Yep. And every time I go down ninety five and I see a Sally Mae Mm-hmm. You ever see the buildings sit off in the distance? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a mm-hmm. they might as well shine bright. Well, they only for who? Sally Mae, and then they're split off with Navient. And Nabian. they have that thing too in the front of and, it. And uh, I think I don't know who else, There's but Navient is There's, part of them. If you look at the buildings, and I'll close with this: the building looks like this off 95. Then you have a little river right here, 
Yeah, and like then, a moat. There's a bridge that goes in it when you want to go in. And they put alligators right here <laughs> so nobody can go. Okay. Money did they steal? Trillions of dollars. So we try to go in, <laughs> Sally Mae. The alligators that don't pay their You try to go money. in there. They'll open up the bridge right here and you'll fall into the alligators. Right. And we'll get to the building. Anyway, that's what it seems like. All right. Well, we're going to get an unfortunate so sovereign note. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, you put Sally Mae in the kiss of death. Oh, please. <clears throat> Without a doubt. Sally May and Abby. And mm. that uh, CEO was dancing, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He Put was him on dancing. Okay. We're going to go to a somber note, but, I mean, uh, everybody is celebrating his, his, his uh, legacy. A giant of integrity and knowledge has fallen. Um, Representative Elijah Cummings, um, he passed away on Thursday. He was 68. He was only 68, a young man. Mm-hmm. He was the son of a South Carolina sharecroppers. Cumming was a lawyer and a civil rights advocate before entering what would ultimately be a nearly 40-year career in public service. First, he was in the Maryland House of Delegates and later the U.S. House. Over the decades, he earned a reputation for being formidable but also kind and compassionate. Uh, Former president, which I still think he's our president, uh, Barack Obama, he said he um, was heartbroken over the congressman's death. He goes on to say, as chairman of the House Oversight Committee, he showed us all not only the importance of checks and balances within our democracy, but also the necess- necess- necessary of uh, necessity of good hope stewarding it. Um, also, Nancy Pelosi, she um, said, lauding him, for his composure and dedication to working for his district and fighting for his equality and fairness. Um, they had celebrities like um, Kerry Washington, Ava DuVernay, Cher. People haven't even met the man. They, they're, they you know, pouring out the, you know, what they uh, thought about him. Mm-hmm. Um, actors and singers, comedians, um, they had tributes to him, um, praising him for his um, fearlessness and commitment to justice. Um, Cher, she goes on to say, my heart is broken. She wrote, Elijah Cummings was a giant among men, a fearless man, a gentle man, a man of great character, a stand-up man, and a man um, too reverent, a man to ultimate. She said, I felt safe when I saw him wade into any rat situation. She said, it was yeah. a godly man. Um, also, Kerry Washington, she writes, your bold intellect and fierce courage will continue to inspire us, Washington tweeted. With gratitude and love, we celebrate your legacy and mourn your passing. Love and light to your family. So, I mean, people didn't even know him. <clears throat> Pouring out a lot of um, tributes to him. I'm quite sure they're probably going to have some kind of special or something. I, I just feel it. Yeah. Um, entertainers and stuff, they're they going to do something. Because, you know, um, What's her, what's her name? Um, Maxine Waters. I know she's going to pull, probably pull something together and do something. Um, Eleanor Holmes Norton, all of the people on the hill. Mm-hmm. So. She said, reclaiming my time. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that mm-hmm. reminder. Let, we're going to give him a round of applause. Oh, that's good. He deserves he, he works tirelessly. Yes, that's what they were You know, saying. you remember when the Baltimore riots, well, I shouldn't call it that, when people were rioting after Freddie Gray's murder. Right. He was out there in the street with a bullhorn trying to calm everybody down. Oh, wow. Telling people, no, don't do that. Uh-uh, oh, wow. calm it down. Right. Because folk were ready to completely burn Baltimore down. Right. And he was out there in the street with his bullhorn trying wow. to tell people, hey, 
you know, we're going to work through this. We'll nope. get through this. But I need everybody to just take it Chill, down. Chill, yeah. Take it down. I'm just glad it just didn't get out of hand like, um, you know, the rise of 68. It could have oh, been yeah. worse. Yeah, it could have been. It, it, but yeah, like you know, I said, they could have burnt that place all the way down to yeah. the water. It really could have been worse. <laughs> said, no, mm. we're not going for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, all right, well, we applaud everything that he had done, and we will sorely miss him. Sure. Congress will miss him. Mm-hmm. He was one of the sane few that was still there mm-hmm. in the Congress. Yeah, because he was headed that committee to um, get rid of your president now. Yeah, he sure was. They said he was still signing subpoenas hours before he passed away. Wow. He I was like, look, we got to get this done. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Right. Let's focus on the task. Right. I think it was called a Ways and Means mm-hmm. Committee. Mm-hmm. I know it's um the female that's um his predecessor. I can't. I don't know her name. That's maybe by the end of the show. Predecessor or successor? Successor. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Well, since we mentioned Congress, let's talk about this whole situation with Trump and uh, having his resort host a G7 summit. Now, I'm let me just preface this by saying. I'm really trying to understand how is it that people are still saying that they do not see the conflict of interest. If that's your resort, you well, let me see. Uh, let me just tell you what the story says, and then we'll talk about it. So Trump is going to host a 2020 G7 summit of world leaders at the Trump National Doral Miami location, according to White House Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney. And he announced this yesterday at this if you didn't if you missed it, that was a crazy uh briefing that he was given, White House briefing. Anyway, uh side note, this is the one where he said, you know, quid pro quo, all that stuff goes on all the time. That's how politics work, get over it. And everybody's going, What? He just came right out and and admitted it. Mm-hmm. So then the White mm-hmm. House is like, dude, what are you doing? So then he had to get back out there and say, uh, no, you all are misconstruing what I said. I, I didn't really say that. And then I just read tonight that the campaign, Trump's campaign, has now put out T-shirts that say, get over it. Oh, are you serious? And the, I'm very serious. And oh the O, oh, one of the letters has like the little hair flip, his hair flip on it. It looks like the hair of Trump sitting on top of like the O or something in the phrase "get over it," and they're selling the shirts for thirty dollars a piece, raising money for his campaign. This dude will flip and capitalize on everything. Yes, he will. And you would think he should have been ashamed of this situation, and he's like, "Look, I'm gonna make money off of this situation." Anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, from what the information that's being provided, it says that Doral, this resort, has seen its revenue plunge in the last uh, in the past several years, as Trump since Trump has been in office. Now, the Washington Post says that from May of 2015 to 2017, revenue at the Doral dropped 18 percent, from 92 million to 75 million. Oh, boo hoo! <laughs> and that the net operating income fell from 13.8 million to 4.3 million during the same time period. Now, Nick Mulvaney, Mick, I'm sorry, Mick Mulvaney, 
is insisting, as as well as Trump, that Trump is not going to make a profit off of this event being held there. And to that, I'm just saying, anyway. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, during the explanation, he went on to, you know, try to address how people criticizing it and all this kind of stuff. But people just have a real issue with this. You know, of all the places you could have an event, you want to have it at the resort that is owned by the president. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing world leaders. I mean, does anybody see that there is a problem with that? <laughs> so, anyway, of course, you know, Mulvaney tried to explain it all and make it sound like it's no conflict. There's no problem. You know, he's not he's not going to make a profit. So they keep focusing on that statement. There's not going to be a profit made, so therefore it's not a conflict of interest. And I'm saying, say, okay, first of all, how is it that how is that the only criteria? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing something and you're the head of the country, mm-hmm. you're hosting the event, so you're bringing other people to what is not a neutral location. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're already here in the country that is not their country. Now you're bringing them to his privately owned place. So that's like a double whammy on the not neutral location. And then you say, oh, we're not making any money, so it's not a problem. <laughs> I, I just, I, It just blows my mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. So now you got all these different Congress people, representatives, et cetera, senators, and <clears throat> saying that they got a problem with it. And I'm on their side. There's a problem. They're saying that he's exploiting the office of the presidency, and I think it's pretty clear that that's what he's doing. What do y'all think? Of course. But it's like everybody's just turning a blind eye. But I guess there's a process of what they have to do, but to me it's just taking too long. They should be able to go over some loopholes or do something because it's, it's just blatant. And he tells you what he's doing between him and Giuliani. They tell you what they're doing, but it's up to us what we're going to do with the information. Am I right, Papa? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all stop talking about it because they have all these analysts and reporters and this and that talking about it and what the next step should be. But I'm like to say, they keep focusing on the steps and the procedures. And I'm at the point now saying, look, let's just cut to the chase. Right. If the man has lied repeatedly and you've mm-hmm. caught him in it, mm-hmm. now you got all this testimony going on, mm-hmm. which they're doing behind closed doors. Right. Now you got people testifying saying, yes, he did what he claims he didn't do. Mm-hmm. He's still claiming it's a witch hunt. It's a witch hunt. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I just want it to be over. I agree. I That's all I'm saying I'm, on I'm this. I'm tired of it. I'm ready for it to be over, like you said. It just it just makes makes my makes my milk curdle that he gets away continually with this kind of stuff. I just feel like he's he's asking us as a country to impeach him. You know, this is like when kids cut up and they do things that they know you're gonna tear that behind up, but they do it anyway. And psychiatrists will tell you. That for some people, for negative attention is better than no attention. Oh, he's crying out for help. Right, that's what I'm saying. But I'm mm-hmm. saying negative attention is better than none. 
So it's like, remember that song from back in the day, Seem Like I Gotta Do Wrong, mm-hmm. before they noticed me. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes people will show off and act a fool mm-hmm. because they want you to come down on them. They want you to sit them down and say, mm-hmm. dude, what is the problem? We need to get you some counseling. You need help. You are going over the rails, off the edge of the cliff, all of that. But it seems like the more stuff he does, the more rope people are giving him to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I know these people going to run right out there and buy those little $30 T-shirts that say, get over it, just mm-hmm. that quick. You know, it doesn't take long. But see, he's learned how to strike while the iron is hot. Right now, this is a hot thing. If he is going down in flames, he's trying to do all he can while he's still in that seat. Mm-hmm. He say, I'm still in the big chair, and I'm going to still cut up and be the biggest narcissist you have ever seen. Yes, I'm full of myself, and I told you this before. <laughs> Y'all didn't believe me? Do you believe me now? Right. Well, do you think they're going to have that G Summit um, in um Not if they impeach it behind first. <laughs> Well, let's hope that they do that. That's how that goes through. Lord have mercy, because it's taking too long. Mm-hmm. Total mm-hmm. insanity. Yeah. But, yep, that's all I'm saying. So, <sighs> anybody wants to jump in on the conversation, you know what to do. Yeah. Give us a call, 914-803-4306. Uh, 4306. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And press 1. Press 1 to get in the queue. <laughs> Good gracious. Stuff really fires yeah. me up. All right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we're coming back. we got some hidden creative headlines. Got some more juice to put on in your cup. What can I say? We'll be right back. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives, so send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever? Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. Money host Papa DJ here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, it's Friday night. Oh, <laughs> what that mean? Did <laughs> you have getting your drink on? Here. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. All right, it's time to hit them and quit them. Yeah, we're going to talk about All right, y'all going to take the pledge. We're going to hit them and quit them. Sounds good, man. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Kettle. Kick us off. All right. I'm going to get this name right. Former Fort Worth officer who shot a Tatiana Jefferson refuses to speak with detectives about what happened. Officer don't want to talk. 
Really? Detectives um, have seen body camera footage and and heard an eight-year-old boy tell them how Miss um, Jefferson died, but the officer who shot her was not shared has not shared his story yet. Aaron Dean, a former Fort former, what I say, mm-hmm. former Fort Worth police officer, was charged with murder after Jefferson was shot and killed through her window. He was arrested and released from jail within hours on Monday after posting a $200,000 bond. What's his name? Aaron Dean. Okay. 26-year-old woman was playing video games with her nephew in the back uh, room of the home. Um, Then she heard noises. She then pulled her handgun. She had a handgun Mm -hmm. from her purse. Her nephew told police and raised it. She was pointing it toward the window when she was shot and fell to the ground. So it's unclear how much time passed before Jefferson was shot or whether the nephew heard the officer's voice. So what they're saying is they don't think that the officer, um, uh, you know, told who he was, um, acknowledged who he was first before he pulled the gun out. I didn't see him say it on the video. I guess that's something that they would have to look at. It says, um, during the shooting, Dart could only see Jefferson's face through the window because Dean was standing between her and the house, the warrant said. So he must be another, he was a second officer. Mm-hmm. The second officer responded to Jefferson's home, which was dark, um, was with Dean when he went into the backyard. Body camera video shows Dean approaching the window and firing a single shot, but it doesn't show dark within eyesight of her um, colleague, so it was a female that was with mm-hmm. the second officer. Dean has declined to speak to investigators. Um, he first refused to be interviewed by the detectives in the immediate aftermath of the shooting, which, to me, that's not protocol. You supposed it to talk to me. I don't right. care if he resigned or not. And his attorney told police that he was going to provide a written statement at a later date. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times they want to get information when it's fresh. Exactly. So How do you just get that option? to right. say, no, I'm not going to talk to you. I'll, I'll write you something. Well, let me finish the story. So in most police shootings, officers give an oral or written statement about what happened for internal investigation, either immediately after the shooting or within 72 hours. So as Dean resigned from his job at the police department on Monday, he also declined to provide a written statement, the affidavit says. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking to reporters on Tuesday, he spoke to reporters on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Interim Police Chief Ed Krause confirmed that Dean has been has not been um, cooperating. So to me, that's fishy already. You know. Yeah. If you have nothing to hide, why can't you just go ahead right. and, you know, comply, answer questions, and be done? See, he, see, to me, they should take him back to jail. If he don't, if he don't, if he don't provide a written statement within 72 hours, mm-hmm. or like I said, shortly after what happened, then I would pick his A-double-S up again. I'm sorry. That's just me. He should be picked up. Yeah, I don't have a problem with what you're saying. So the two hundred thousand dollars, so he bail was what ten percent, two thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You quiet over there, Papa. What's what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's just very, you know. I'm gonna talk about it. I don't know what's popping. You know, this is just crazy. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense that he's able to do that. It's actually, that's $20,000 on that. Yeah, no, $20,000. i am sorry, yeah. not bad. Mm-hmm. He wish it was 2000 mm-hmm. But this guy's acting like he's infallible. 
like he don't have to talk to nobody, and he got people in his ear saying, "Don't speak to nobody." You know, everybody's taking that Donald Trump approach on everything. You know, <laughs> be, be totally, be totally oblivious, and be totally arrogant, mm-hmm. and don't even, you know. So you know, it's just getting ugly. Yeah. It's getting ugly. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. What you got over there, Papa? Uh, let's see here. Uh, looks like there's a couple of sports uh, figures that are going to be helping to pay for her uh, for her funeral. The young lady we just talked about. Her name is uh, Tatiana Jefferson. Uh, oh, NBA nice. forward Harrison Barnes. He's an NFL and also NFL defensive tackle uh, <clears throat> Malik Jackson. He plays for the Eagles. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he'll pay for the funeral as well. They're both getting together to pay for the funeral. Oh, that was they, they both told CBS Fort uh, Fort Fort Worth, Texas. The Jefferson family was was um, going to be supported by these two figures: uh, one the NBA and one the NFL. Mm-hmm. Barnes, who plays for Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. is paying for more than half of the services, and Jackson, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. We'll cover the rest. Okay. Wow. It was a gesture my wife and I wanted to do for them. Barnes had told uh, told reporters on Thursday, anytime you come into a community, you always have a uh, piece of the community with you and you want to give back. So mm-hmm. funeral services for Jefferson will take place at the uh, Potter's House mm-hmm. of oh, Dallas yeah. at uh, 2 p.m. Saturday. Bishop T.D. Jakes will deliver the eulogy, and Reverend oh, Al Sharpton will also deliver oh, remarks. Oh, oh, Reverend Al. They, they, so. they bringing up political power up, and they're getting right fired up. <laughs> yes, they are. Mm-hmm. So. It should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. hats off to them, you know. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That was very kind, you know, very. to step in and try to help. Cause yeah. That was definitely not something that people can yeah, shout out to those two uh, athletes doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to go uh, north, way up north, up into Canada. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Canada and the cannabis. Oh, they're stepping up into the thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they started, uh, they legalized cannabis last year, but they were going in a slow, you know, methodical kind of uh, tempo. But now they're kicking it up a notch. So to celebrate their one-year anniversary of legal weed, they said we're going to go and upgrade all the products that you can get. So there's a Health Canada is the governing body that oversees all the cannabis sales and stuff. Now, as of yesterday, they are accepting applications from companies that are seeking to produce cannabis-derived goods such as edibles, beverages, and vaping products. Interesting. I'm like, wow, they just about to open up. (laughs) Yeah, but aren't we trying to avoid the vaping thing? Well, the vaping, you know. There's no well. We are trying to avoid it. Well, I mean, the issue was the fruit flavored stuff. Will you try it? Will you try it? No, because I don't smoke. Why are you saying well to smile? I'm just saying that the issue (laughs) was the fruit flavored stuff and kids using it and abusing it. But you don't do it. So no, I don't. Why are you saying well to smile lungs? I wasn't. Anyway, 
the plan enhancement uh, is projected to be a billion dollar boost Jeez. for Canada's uh, <coughs> uh, cannabis business. Mm. But of course, you know they're saying it's going to take some time before they have cannabis infused beverages and gummies and all that stuff on the store shelves. So it says that the products will not be permitted for sale until at least 60 days after the application is submitted. Mm-hmm. So they can do all of the stuff they got to do, inspect and approve and all of that. But they're saying that with more products in the regulated market, the Brightfield Group now projects that Canada's cannabis industry will total $3.7 billion, would it be, by the end of 2020. Jesus. They're saying just in cannabis, they about to bring in $3.7 billion by the end of next year. The wrong profession. <laughs> and they say that's more than double the $1.6 billion they did or will do in 2019. So they started a year ago. Yeah, they legalized it a year ago, but they've been on a slow roll with it, you know, just taking their time. They didn't just jump right in and make everything available and let folks just go for it. So there is some question around the vaping products with all the concerns, as Papa Didi mentioned, Mm -hmm. about vaping and whether or not, you know, people are vaping THC stuff or if it really is Mm -hmm. just vaping product or whatever, but they're saying that they're going to prohibit cannabis extracts in the vaping. Uh Now, I'm trying to figure out how exactly are you going to do that. But I'm saying if people get a hold of that stuff, something in a liquid form, and then you go take it home, I I don't know. What people get a hold of, that's up to them, but they're not going to do it. Right. They're not going to sell it. But But they're saying they're going to prohibit it. They're going, it says, well, it says it will be prohibited for cannabis extracts, including cannabis vaping products, to contain anything that may cause injury to the health of the user. Like, well, if that's the case, you can't do anything. But anyway. I guess if you get caught, you might have to be some consequences. They didn't really, it don't really sound like they really say it, but. Oh, well. Yeah. Canada's doing their thing. Ain't mad at all okay. right. All right. Next hit and quit. And she said, say, Academy Sports bears responsibility in the Sutherland Springs mass shooting. Remember that? <clears throat> Academy Sports and out, Outdoors violated the Federal Gun Control Act when the uh, Katie retailer sold an assault-style rifle and high-capacity magazine to the man who used them to kill more than two dozen people Uh-oh. inside the Sutherland Springs Church. I remember that. In 2017. Mm-hmm. Department of Justice in a court filing t- a Tuesday responded to lawsuit from victims' family. Complicated, impl- I'm sorry, implicated Academy, which is the people that sold it, Academy Sports, as a responsible party in the mass shooting. Prosecutors said Academy should not have sold this. The guy's name is Devin Patrick Kelly. Let's put him on a kisser list. Devin Patrick Kelly. Mm-hmm. A Ruger AR-556 semi-automatic rifle with a 30-round magazine, which is illegal in the shooter's home state of Colorado. Now, he presented them with a driver's license of Colorado during the purchase, but, I mean, are they stupid? You can't sell that. Mm -hmm. So why is it even in the store? 
That's a good question. The Federal Gun Control Act required Academy to, which is the store, to comply with the laws of both Texas, the seller state in Colorado, the buyer's apparent state of residence. So, that's just hmm. crazy. So, Academy was not permitted to sell Kelly the model 8500 Rugger AR556 under the federal law because sale of that rifle would have been illegal in Colorado. So, yeah, y'all putting on blast. Y'all oh, shouldn't wow. have the daggone rifle in your store. He did what he's supposed so to do. So are they, are they being fined or sued or, or what? <clears throat> Apparently so, by the um the victim's families. Oh, okay. So they're going to get something All right. deal. So we shouldn't have it in the store, period. Well, get them. That was the bottom line. So put Academy Sports on the kiss it list. All right, got Colorado. it. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got for us, Papa Didi? Well, um, let's see here. Are we going into uh, what's popping? Mm-hmm. We got one more hidden toilet. Well, y'all, uh, okay. I um, I saw a ping pong match going on with this particular subject. It was up, <laughs> down, down. And... All right, we ping anyway, it back to you. All right, okay. So, hmm. Okay. All right, Michael Jordan, uh, the normally quiet, um, discreet hoop earring wearing Michael Jordan. Unveiled at the Charlotte Medical Center for uh, underprivileged families. Okay, the NBA legend Michael Jordan has given back uh, to his home state by opening uh, two new medical clinics in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, Purdy Associated Press and ESPN. Jordan unveiled the uh, Novant uh, Health Center, which is uh, Michael Jordan's family medical clinic. In the city, in the in the in the, uh, in the city on uh, Thursday, which is in Charlotte, uh, the clinic one of two that will be open in the city. The second location is near uh, Statesville Avenue. Was uh, funded through a seven million do- donation by Jordan. Hmm. And, and you know it's so interesting where if you can if, it, if that's all it takes to erect a building, I mean, he should have them all over the world. All the money he got. Anyway, I stand here before you as a proud parent, son, uh, obviously a member of this community. Jordan told gatherers at the opening of the uh, of his uh, clinic. My mother, my brother, my daughter, and my grandson. We all represent the name. They all represent the name of Michael Jordan. It'll be a big part of this particular project. The project, which was announced in 2017 was uh, developed to help uh, economically disadvantaged citizens in the Charlotte area to obtain access to affordable health care. Jordan, who was, uh, was raised in the state and attended college at the University of North Carolina, has been a majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets since uh, March of 2010. All right, now. So. All right. Let's start out. Okay. And Monday to Okay. Hey, some good news for a change. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So are we uh what's popping yet? Are we yeah. still bouncing in the Come on with it. Come on. Getting good. You ready? He, he, look, he's ready to bust out. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to bust out because you know what? I'm no, telling you, I just want to say this here. I'm no, it's what's popping, so go ahead, go for All it. All right, let's dig this here. You know, the one thing that I'm really uh, tired of here, I mean, I I'm a I'm a seventies person, you know, I'm from I was raised in the heart of the seventies, you know what I mean? 
you know, he had cars in 74, 73, you know, uh, I ain't gonna say when I graduated high school, I'm not trying to tell my age, but I did go to Coolidge, um, anyway. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, Coolidge, Washington, D.C., you know, I ain't gonna say what year I came out of there, don't want y'all looking in yearbooks trying to find me. <laughs> anyway, um, what I want to talk about, first of all, is what something that, uh, uh, red wine was, you know, human and Holland too earlier. I just think that the whole vaping thing is not good, and it's improving. So no matter what it is you opening, where, just because you're in uh, a place where the stuff is legal, or Canada may have a reputation for people going over there that may have, um, unfortunately, cancer and. It may be sustained for a while or whatever whatever Canada is doing, you know. But the vaping thing is, is proven that it's a bad thing for you. And another thing I'm not really with too tough is when they talk about all these different um, candies and foods and things like that that uh, have different cannabis inside of them, you know, they're saying we're selling candy and all this, that, whatever they have that has the, the candy, the, the different, you know, the different Candy they put out with cannabis mixing and all that. I don't think none of these people that are developing stuff are really downright chemists, for one. You know, they're probably not even pastry chefs in order to be able to make the stuff like it should be made. And I think it's hit or miss. I think they kind of taste it to see if it tastes good. But you're just kind of sucking the life out of a lot of raw THC that's probably destroying you in so many different ways. Because if something's not regulated, and somebody's making it in their back room, and then they bring out a tray of stuff. Yeah, try this. It tastes like a blow pop, but it's not a blow pop. You know what I mean? I got this from a Tootsie Roll. I took the Tootsie Roll, and I melted it down and wrapped it around a bud. You know, and so, you know, regulation is important. Regulation is real. When something's unregulated, it means that it's just it's just what it is, you know? It's almost like putting a, something in the refrigerator and not putting anything on a piece of raw fish in the refrigerator and not wrapping it up. And now everything in the damn refrigerator smells like fish. It's not regulated. You know, if you had regulations, it would tell you to put fish in a proper container. Put it in cellophane first, then foil, then a uh, Tupperware-type rubber product in order to keep the smell down and put some baking soda in the refrigerator. This, This is what regulation is about. It stops things from getting extreme. So we can't say that people are selling stuff, oh, they got the cannabis, they're making candy, they're making this. That could be back in the back room by, you know, Joe. He's the same guy that makes the meth in his father's garage, you know. He's he's making candy for cannabis. I mean, really? Come on. You know, he ain't got his name on anything. He don't have a degree in nothing, you know. And um, I just want to also, you know, send... uh, Condolences to the Jefferson family in Fort Worth, Texas, on that particular situation. I mean, and this, for this cop to come up and just go in the backyard without making any noise, it seems like every month we need to count the days when we're when we're ambushed. We're always ambushed. It, I don't think no more than 90 days go by where there's, there's not a black ambush in there. And it's always the same old thing. It's always a white cop. And this cop had a year and a half on the force. And you walking in there, you wouldn't, you wouldn't normally walk in a black 
person's backyard. So what makes you think you, you had the door? You could have just knocked on the front door. Mm-hmm. But you want to come here like you wired up for somebody because you got a 9 millimeter. Then you look through the window, and then you're going to blast a bullet inside of a window. What the hell? And even the chief of police was even saying it. Are you crazy? They got where he said, if he didn't resign, I would have fired him. Mm-hmm. He said on this charge, and then the guy's walking around like Donald Trump now, not talking to tech and not talking to nobody. But how are the detectives dealing with that, with him not talking? How are you even accepting that? You know, it's just, it seems like white privilege can be displayed even when your ass is in a complete sling. You can still pull that white privilege out of your back pocket. And it's a damn shame. Mm. So we'll sit back and see where this this, this goes, you know, whether or not he'll even. And, and I go back and I think I'm going to close on this. Everybody can avoid this and avoid that and avoid this and avoid that. But Bill Cosby's ass is in jail. Mm. Couldn't avoid Jack. Okay? Mm. Go to trial. They had a hung jury at first. They said, okay, let's go after him again. They get his ass. They clean up the girl that accused him. She was looking like a scarecrow in a damn cornfield on the first trial. So they took her and got her hair cut and took her to the damn beauty line, put some makeup on a little ugly ass, made her look a little better like she was, in fact, fuckable, I guess, because the first trial, she looked completely hideous. And then they convicted him, and he's in jail like it ain't nothing. But you got Matt Lowry. He's still out. The guy that does the movies in Hollywood, what's the name, the fat guy? Weinstein. Weinstein, he's still out. Everybody's still out. But Bill Cosby's in jail. Uh Explain that to me. And I'm just, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Seems like they're sticking in two. That Larry was in everything in NBC. They got rid of him. Then he messed with the girl down at the Olympics. I mean, boy, he was Mr. He must be hung like a Shetland pony. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it alone. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Mm -hmm. the weird, weird news. It's weird this week. We'll be right back. I am Kettle from the original Pajama Party. If you haven't heard Pajama Party Show, you've missed out. We've got hot topics, hidden and quitted headlines, what's popping with Papa Didi, our weird news. I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, of course, the cocktail of the week, and uh, the world-famous cookie list. And, of course, you can't forget the last word. We serve it up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 914-803-4306, or listen live at www.avajamaparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at avajamaparty. Welcome back to the Pajama Party. My name is Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Je suis ben rouge. Que pasa? Uh, oh, no. All of that. Yeah, I'm going to Spain and France. And she's okay. also on medication. Mm. Anyway. That's not your business. 
Okay, it's time for the weird news. Speaking of weird. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see, Kettle. You got the mic first tonight. All right. What weirdness do you have for us tonight? A man charged after roommate attack believed he was a vampire. Oh boy. Closer to uh, yeah. That time. Must be Halloween time. Bremerton, Washington. Never heard of it. A Washington State man was charged with the felony assault after police saying he attacked his roommate, believing he acknowledged being a vampire. His name is Kit Sapp's son, reported what? Monday. Kit Sapp's son reported Monday that a Kit Sapp County court charged a 40-year-old Bremerton man Monday after he was suspected of using a metal rod to nudge his roommate in the chest. He was going to have a chest. So county deputies that. The suspect accused him of being a vampire, threatened to kill him, and struck him with a metal rod. Oh, boy. The roommate says he um, feared his life because the suspect has severe mental health issues. Okay. And is physically larger. Okay. So he said he's getting crazy. The suspect's brother told uh, deputies the that roommate jokingly said, is that what the kids are calling me these days? Authorities say the suspect believes the roommate in knowledge being a blood-sucking creature. All righty. So he figured if you're a vampire, I know what to do with vampires. Get some metal. What, they going to come up with? Heal something and go through your chest with it. All righty. Okay, I got one for you. This one is out of Michigan. I got thieves snatched 7,000 pounds of apples. That's a lot of apples. Apple thieves snuck into a Michigan family farm and stole more than three tons of apples right off the trees. The heist was discovered on October 10th when the workers from the Spicer Orchards came to pick the fruit and found there wasn't hardly anything left. They said they were shocked and stunned, and they couldn't believe that this would happen. It wiped out most of the apple crop. And this is uh, not too far from Flint. And it's one of those orchards where they have like a pick-your-own thing, and they have cider and stuff like that, donuts and whatnot. So they said that the theft happened at their secondary orchard where they grow apples for cider and sell in the market. And they had just checked it a few days earlier to see if everything was ready to pick. And uh, they said that the haul was worth between... Fifteen thousand and twenty-five thousand dollars, because these were the expensive apples. Mm-hmm. These were the Evercrisp, the Jonga Gold, the Northern Spy, and the Fuji apples. Okay. These were those high-end, spend some money on apples. So they said that normally it would take two or three people a couple of days to pick that many apples. So they said these people must have trained a crew to pick apples in a short period of time like that. Mm-hmm. And they said that it looks like thieves got into the farm from a side street, crossed through a neighbor's property, mm-hmm. and the only clue that was left behind was some tire tracks mm-hmm. and no witnesses. So somebody got away with three tons of apples. Okay. And my question is, what are you going to do with three tons of apples? Is this one of their competitors? Because mm, mm, mm. that's a lot of apples. If you don't have some kind of equipment to process all that, what what you gonna do? I know. With seven thousand pounds of apples. 
Make some bones fall. But I'm putting those apple fees on the kiss it list. Y'all know y'all wrong for this. Mm-hmm. Just wrong. All right, what you got for us, Papa? I got, um, that's a crazy story, man. <laughs> Aren't they all? This is, in, <laughs> this is in Bagley, Iowa. Um, Iowa family's basement is soaked with five inches of animal blood. Oh, God. Okay, the blood may be thicker than water, but it still can flood your basement. Um, Nick uh, Lachey found out um, that uh, the hard way two weeks ago when he, he discovered five inches of uh, blood, 13 centimeters, yeah. Fat and other animal tissue floating in his basement yeah. in Bagley, that is really Iowa, nasty. which is about 45 minutes northwest of Des Moines, Iowa. He told the Des Moines Register newspaper that he hasn't, it hasn't, he hasn't been able to clean it up because it's still seeping in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the waste is coming from a neighbor's meat locker. Okay, where blood and tissue from uh, slaughtered animals had washed down a drain. Officials say a clog or a break in the pipe sent the waste into uh, Lachey's basement through a drain, through a, a floor mm-hmm. drain, and it's pumping blood up into his basement. That's crazy. All right. The state environmental specialists tracked the waste back to uh, uh, the Lions Custom meat, meat Locker and Slaughter Bin and said the company is now pumping it into a large tank from his basement. And him and his family went to move with relatives. <laughs> I bet. That's got to be really funky, too. All that crap oozing into the basement. That's crazy. That is a mess. They need to get a lawyer because somebody's got to pay. I think I'd be putting that house on the market. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not even trying to fix it. You know. I'm trying to sell it. I need a lawyer because I need to sue somebody so I can move to a nice, blood-free house. Anyway, all right, well, that wraps up the weird news. And I told you it was weird, as it always is. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're coming back with uh, with me. And uh, I'm just saying. De moi. Yeah, moi. De moi. We're gonna talk about, um, I'm going to talk tonight about, you know, go ahead and feed the children. So. I'll let you know more about that when we get back on the other side of the break. Looking for a new cocktail to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date, and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. Living just enough, just enough for the city. Okay, but while we do 
Wonder. I thought we were doing pajama party. Well, I, was, I was talking about my little, uh, one, of my segment, one of my segments of uh, the city. Join the party. Now you, now you ride me. Uh, yes, sir, we ride tonight at 9. Pajama party. No yeah. clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my that broke out recently about allowing school kids to continue getting their school lunch if their parents have not paid their lunch debt, okay? Now, this particular case that I'm referencing happened in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and it turns out that the parents, of course, were outraged, and rightly so, when they learned that their kids were being punished, basically, I call it punished, at lunchtime, by having their food withheld or receiving something close to like a prison ration simply because their parents had not paid their lunch debt. You know, because you know how it is you got to put the money in the kids' lunch account. They go through, and I think they use a PIN number now, you know, and they subtract it from whatever you have in your account. But when your account is already going backwards, the lunch lady or the lunch man, if it's a man, they don't want to be responsible for deciding. They just go ahead and, like, I'm just going to feed the kids. That's not my job. I'm here to feed the children. So the administration is saying that there's a policy that says uh, if they owe a certain amount, they're not supposed to eat anything uh, in certain categories. This is crazy stuff. So the original policy was that if the child or the student is behind by $10 or less or in the hole by $10 or less, all they can get at lunchtime was tuna fish meals. I'm like, how? who picked that? Tuna fish meals? What if you're allergic to seafood? I guess you just go hungry. And so the original policy was, you know, if it's $10 or less, you get tuna. If they owe more than $20, they're not eligible to get lunch at all. And it turns out that this was actually a state rule for the public school. So when the crap hit the fan and the parents and people were going off about it, I mean, I don't blame them. I just feel like, for one, haven't we all been told 
that children learn better when their stomachs are not growling, right? They talk about why it's so important to get a good breakfast and, you know, eat three square meals and follow the pyramid, the food pyramid and all that crap. But then you're going to deny the kids lunch because their parents didn't pay their lunch bill. Anyway, the board, the school board, had a meeting to address all the complaints and decided we need to modify this regulation for the Cherry Hill School District. So now the revised policy allows students who get, who have an outstanding lunch, lunch debt to choose a hot lunch from a, air quote, meal of the day menu, but you can't get any a la carte stuff. Mm-hmm. So any little dessert cup, fruit cup, whatever is on the side, you're not you're not gonna get that if you owe money, but you can pick something off of the meal of the day menu of the day menu. Then my question is, what's on that menu? Tuna fish? Oh, are we just playing a game now? So they're saying that it's definitely gonna be no frills. It'll be something basic. But the new rule also says that students who owe seventy five dollars or more for lunch are not going to be allowed to participate in school activities like prom or, you know, whatever's going on, school concerts, school, anything like that. Um, uh, yearbook, you won't be able to get your yearbook, all, all that kind of stuff. So now you're going to, again, punish the kids because the parents haven't put money in their lunch account. So now they're trying to figure out how they're going to collect on the $15,000 that is owed, and this is a total, across the whole school district. Mm-hmm. They're 15000 in a whole now from parents collectively who have not been paying for their lunch uh, debt. So the plan that they came up with is, well, first we're going to send letters to say, you know, to the individual parents, you need to pay up. They should have been doing that. They should have. They should have been doing that. And, and they're acting like this is a new idea. After a certain amount, I'm sorry, but after a certain amount, they should have said, look, you're in the red, X, Y, Z, you need to pay up. Well, the plan is they're going to send letters, and after whatever they specified for the amount of time, they're going to wait. Phase two is we're going to call you on the phone and say, <laughs> you owe this money. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, phase three is oh. we're going to schedule a one-on-one meeting with these parents. How long has this been going on? I don't know. But phase three, yeah, this is not a recent thing. Phase three is we're going to set up a one-on-one meeting with the parents, I guess, to try to get to the root of the problem. You know, and I'm feeling like I really don't think, and there may be one or two, but I really don't think parents are just deciding, I'm just not paying for it. I think if they're not paying for it, they got a reason. Either they can't afford it or, you know, there's something going on. So part of the problem is that some of these families are here not legally. I hate to say illegal, so I'm going to say they're here not legally. So they don't want to put in applications to get services for free lunch or reduced lunch because then that puts you in the system. And if you're not really here legitimately, the last thing you want to do is flag yourself. Right, that's true. To be in the system. So rather than do that, they just lay low and try to make it work, hope for the best. 
and all oh and some of them too are concerned about citizenship they feel like if i apply for assistance that may have a negative impact on my citizenship application process whatever so some of some people that are in that particular situation are laying back and all that attempting to collect a debt is not going to help their situation at all now, some families do rely on those breakfasts and lunches that the kids get at school. And frankly, and check this out, out of the school district in Cherry Hill, out of their $200 million operating budget, mm-hmm. you would think that they could have just figured out a mother-freaking way to feed the kids. Woo! I'm just saying. You got a two hundred million dollar operating budget. I realize that that has to cover, you know, housing, gas, lights, whatever expenses, salaries, whatever. But y'all are really spending over feeding children. You got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I'm saying. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, feed the children. Is it really that hard? Feed the kids. That's all y'all got to do. Well, as a person that's uh, aware of the Jersey area, isn't it crazy? Cherry Hill. Well, maybe now they've taken a lot of things out of Cherry Hill. At one time, Cherry Hill was a very booming, booming, booming area. Still is, really. Still, still is. Um, they call it uh, Malton. Mm-hmm. It's a nickname of it, Marlton, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Cherry Hill. They used to have a racetrack there. They used to have a huge mall there when malls first came out. So Cherry Hill generated a lot of money. Now, just to show you how the police used to take care of Cherry Hill, because Cherry Hill is making so much money, uh, when you cross the bridge in Philadelphia, whether you go off the Walt Whitman Bridge or the Ben Franklin Bridge, there's a town called Camden, New Jersey. I've heard of Camden. Camden. Right? Mm-hmm. All right, Camden. They tell me don't go other to Camden. Than, other than Trenton, New Jersey, I would say if I had to put the two of them together, the only thing that keeps Trenton afloat is that Trenton is the uh, state capital. Mm-hmm. So the government, the governor is there. Camden is the armpit, okay? Armpit with a bunch of hair. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. Excuse me. Okay. Now, when you when you come across the bridge, it's Camden, New Jersey, and then you have Cherry Hill right here, okay? Now, between Camden Hill and Camden, there's a town called Pensaukin, okay? Pensaukin, New Jersey. Now, back in the day, with the money that Cherry Hill generated, because that's where all your doctors and lawyers' offices are mm-hmm. in Camden, I mean, in Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. So... In order to keep the black folks that was coming down 130, going into Cherry Hill, the police would canvas the cars in, especially coming from Camden to Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. They would stop black folks in Pensalkin and shake them down, mm-hmm. make sure it was cool before they got into Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. That's how vicious Cherry Hill was. They were like screening people. Right, because Cherry Hill had race, especially the Cherry Hill racetrack, you know, the horse races mm-hmm. and all that was big. It was big. The horse racing ain't there no more. And a lot of the things they had aren't there anymore. You know, now it's just regular joint. And it's probably majority uh, Spanish people like Red Wine was saying. 
So, but Cherry Hill was big at one time. That's why it freaks me out to know that what you were speaking on was mostly about Cherry Hill, where yeah. they, they got some hidden money because it, they have an area up there called Route 70, where all your businesses are. You you got well, everything. they need to feed the children. Well, you know what? The sad part about it, when you say we're going to give you a fish sandwich, you have to understand two yeah, things. Fish. Two things. You have to understand, for one, the peer pressure that goes on. And then the one thing I found out about kids by going on different as chaperones years ago, I would go, like, the kids would go to the Camden Aquarium. And at the time, I knew some people that had children, and I went as a chaperone to that particular aquarium with the kids. And what the kids did when it was lunchtime, they would all sit at the table and eat the lunch they brought for the thing. And the kids that didn't have too much food, the other kids were sharing with them. And you should have seen all the transponding of kids giving half their sandwich, potato chips, pretzels to the other kids at the table. So, you know, you, you're you not going to have a deficit because I don't think another kid could watch another kid not eat in the cafeteria. So despite what, you know, and then one kid that may be up to date with their stuff may like tuna fish. Mm-hmm. So they may give them a tuna fish sandwich and give them the whole tray of food. Yeah. May not want they the burgers. I'll switch with you. May not want the burgers mm-hmm. or whatever they call, you know, because half that stuff is all crap anyway. You know, it's just how you want to separate the crap from the crap, crap, yeah. crap. But, uh, all right. but like I said, that's a good segment because it's really sad that they, they take away stuff from kids. When all these kids are equal. And, and it's you, the parents' issue. Yeah, and that, another thing, like I said, let's elaborate that on two seconds. <laughs> What's going on with the parents with their bill? They, can you help them? They got a problem with the bill? But you know what? Sometimes they may not know, and they they should have been notified earlier. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. some kids get free lunch, and some kids have to pay for their lunch. Mm-hmm. So what exactly. happens is they continue to put it on the bill because they want the child to eat. Mm-hmm. But they need to send either a letter to to the, with the kid, which they shouldn't because it's always in their book bag. Right. Yeah, don't give it to. Or the they should send it directly to you know the home. Mm-hmm. But but it's know, But yeah. I'm I'm just saying if if they're like twenty dollars in the red, okay, um, Miss Johnson, you know mm-hmm. you twenty dollars in the red. You know you need to catch up. You know we can continue to feed your child, but you need to catch up within a certain time. Right. You know, catch up by because a certain time. the kids in the cafeteria have no clue. No. They of don't. anybody's no. finances. No. Especially if you're eight years old, nine years old. <laughs> you, don't you don't even know what the hell your parents right. are going through. You just go they to the lunchroom and exactly. do what everybody else is it's doing. It. But then you know, they, know, they think but, they're doing something by remembering yeah, their but, pin number. But then there's To be spotting. able to go put your pin number in and but get that, your lunch. The sad part about it is that the kids who are behind, based on their parents, they're being horrified in the lunchroom in oh, front of everybody. Oh. They say, oh, he got a... Well, how come I can't get the French fries and the meatballs? But to me, the child shouldn't shouldn't have to uh, remember the pin number. Because remember, we used to have the little cards and they punch it. Oh, they do pin numbers now, a lot of schools. I don't know about all. Right. So so now they've changed with the times, I'm just saying. But um, a child could lose the little piece of paper, too. But Mm -hmm. it should be automatically, okay, well, John Doe, she can't get free lunch or, or whatever. She can get lunch. They should have a, a, a better system, maybe. Yeah, well, and why is it so broadcast? And how's it reduced to the to the cafeteria? I don't understand that. None of them kids should know the other kids' business. 
Yeah. They're all kids. They don't need to know yeah, what's going know. on with the parents. Yeah. yeah, they don't know. It makes one of them say, oh, and then you got the ones that, are, you know, the kids are so honest. And well, I can tell you this. I had a daughter who, when she was in school, there were days, and they didn't, um, they did have the lunch accounts mm-hmm. where they would just deduct it. Mm-hmm. But so many times, if she didn't tell me mm-hmm. what her, how her account was, the school never corresponded with me mm-hmm. to tell me anything. Right. She would just remind me, like maybe every other week, oh, I need some money to put on my lunch account. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, all right, here, put 20 on your account. Right. So I never really had any kind mm-hmm. of a, a access to the balance. Well, if, 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 if it was that time period back then, it just sounds like they're not communicating. I think that's part of the problem. But with what I was getting to is that the lady who worked there, all the kids, the lunch lady, all the kids called her grandma. Mm-hmm. Grandma made sure that those kids didn't go hungry, well, regardless to the state policies. Right. She made sure, like if she hit your, you know, put your PIN number and it showed negative or whatever, sometimes she would tell them, don't put your PIN number because she already knew. Because you just came through here yesterday and you were negative. Right. And she would tell them, just go ahead. I got but, it. Like, so grandma was paying for some of those kids' lunches. Right. But like Papa said, they, they shouldn't have to have, the kids shouldn't have to, to deal with that. That's the, that's the, that's the, yeah, parent. it's a lot. That's the parents' um, responsibility. Sure. Right. And, but, but then it's, it's the school's responsibility to, um, that's why they make sure to that communicate. Right, but that's why they make sure that your 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 address is accurate, your phone number is accurate, email. Now they send people emails now. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I hope they have these things online. If they don't, that would be a help. Mm-hmm. If you have an online access to this stuff, where a parent can log in, use right. a password or something, and be able to not just see the balance but upload money to the account then at any point in time, that parent would be able to check the balance and be able to see, are you in the red? Are you okay? Are you down to the last dollar? Right. You know, but anyway. All right, we're going to move on to uh, living for the city. Uh, Are we ready, Papa? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Well, let's go to living for the city. As we, well, you we, know what? Let's, let's, we beat let's, that topic up. Let's let's just keep that theme because you know it's just you know the ruthlessness that goes on, and and you know something we didn't discuss tonight was that big uh, strike in Chicago that's going on oh, also yeah. with this here strike thing where these these kids are going through what they go through, and the sad thing about it, uh, you know, Mary Emanuel then hand over this crap over to this new mayor. Female mayor you have now What's in Chicago. Name, Lightfoot? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but Emmanuel was a horrible mayor. He saw an opportunity with popularity from Barack Obama. And he left Barack Obama's cabinet. He was his chief of staff. And with popularity in Chicago, he became mayor just like that. But there were more killings on his watch and everything like that. But then they had the nerve to jump on the brother from uh, Empire about what they consider his antics. But Emmanuel was trying to do that just to ease out. And then he eased out of the mayoral ship. Now you don't hear from him at all. Mm-hmm. And look and see how many people was killed in South Southside Chicago while he was mayor. Mm-hmm. It's an atrocity. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't even go there to unify it because see the one thing in Chicago they try to do, they try to protect downtown. Right. Okay, Chicago has a beautiful downtown. You got Navy Pier. You got all the boat rides. 
boat rides up the butt. You can ride a boat all day, mm-hmm. up and down the beach. I mean, magnificent la- miles. No matter, no matter you. Let me tell you one thing about Chicago. I'm gonna keep this very short. When it comes to Chicago, no matter, depending on how long your money is, you can ball out. Okay, that town's got Michigan Avenue, Navy Pier, Drake Hotel, the beach. That's the Magnificent Mile. The Magnificent Mile is unbelievable. High-end restaurants, not to mention the other side. It goes up, it goes down. They got steak joints. They got, oh, man, I'm going to tell you, I can't even describe Chicago. You know, if I was a man of leisure, you know what I mean, and I just had my whole life in front of me and didn't have to worry about the chickadees and the scallywags or whatever in my life, mm-hmm. you know, I would just go ahead. You got those? <laughs> Hey. I would just go ahead. I want to get a shot just, for that. Just ha- hibernate right <laughs> there in Chicago. Okay. Chicago's beastly. It's beastly. But that mean, weather, I'm, I can't deal with that cold yeah, weather. Yeah, you cold I'm, weather, but the summertime, tell about the summertime. Oh, and I've been there in the summer, and it's beautiful. Whole other place. Mm-hmm. But I would not go that. there once it got cold. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. Chicago. Go to Chicago in the summer. Go Chicago. But don't mess with it in the wintertime. Unless you can hang. And I cannot. All right. We need a CC or can we keep it rolling? Yeah, let's take a little CC. Let's take a little break for a minute. All righty. Well, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with... Uh, what are we coming back with? Oh, Cattle and the Hollywood wrap up. All right. I, need I know she got there. she got some good stuff for us, so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right hey, back. Hey, this is Kettle with the yellow top. I'm waiting to hear from you tonight. I'm at the pajama party live. So you can reach us at nine one four eight oh three forty three oh six. Or you can check us out on apajamaparty dot com. I've got my opinions, but I wanna hear yours. Papa Didi and Red Wine are trying to beat me down, so I need you to call back and back me up. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So call me now. 914-803-4306. I'm right here on WPJP Blog Talk Radio. Waiting to hear from you. Uh, here they come. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called the Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on out of your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at a pajama party and use hashtag Kiss It, and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, Send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude! Oh, you're on the kiss it list. All right, we're back. 
It's the pajama party show. Uh-oh, he's back. <laughs> Trying to take my job. Disregard that last voice. <laughs> All right, I'm Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. Mm-mm-mm. And it's time for the Hollywood wrap-up. Get our entertainment fix for the week. All right. Kettle. Okay. All right, Kettle, what you got for us this week? All right, we're going to get it in, get it in. Let me see. We have a court refuses to block the Netflix release of The Laundromat, which stars, um, oh boy, what's her name? Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. A judge has refused to block the release of The Laundromat, a Netflix-based movie. The attorneys at the center of the scandal filed suit in federal court in Connecticut on Tuesday, claiming they were defamed by the film. The attorneys asked for an injunction that would bar Netflix from distributing the Steven Soderbergh film on his on his platform. This law this lawsuit is a frivolous legal stunt designed to censor creative expression, Netflix said in a statement. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's film tells an important story about the exploitation of innocent people and the misuse of the world's financial system. Uh, but unfortunately, fortunately, you can now watch the laundromat on um, Netflix. They, um, I guess, they didn't go with the lawsuit, or they, when they filed, they didn't. You know, things didn't go through. The movie was given a limited theatrical release on September the twenty seventh, and began streaming um, on Friday. That Friday. I never heard of it. But I'm all for it, anything they don't want me to see. That's what I want to see. It has Meryl Streep in it. That's what it is. Right. Oh, okay. The film is based on Secrecy World, a Secrecy World, a book about the Panama Papers. In 2015, an anonymous whistleblower leaked 11.5 million documents from the Mossack Fonseca file firm, which revealed a massive web of offshore tax havens. That's a lot of documents. Yes, it is. That is a lot. Good gracious. You said 11 million? Some 11. documents? 11.5 million documents. 11 and a half million documents. Fonseca for law firm. Yep, it's a law firm that revealed all of these um, offshore tax havens. Okay. Interesting. Okay, Lady Gaga takes a nasty tumble off the stage while Ooh. embracing a fan. Yes, she did. While uh-huh. performing during her Enigma residency in, in L.A. Oh, she, I didn't realize she was in Las Vegas. Um, Lady Gaga and a fan she had invited on the stage accidentally stumbled and both fell to the ground. Because the they shock, were doing too much. I don't, it was crazy. The shocking moment was captured <laughs> on video and there were gasps and screams from concert goers as a petite songstress tumbled to the floor. Someone claiming to be the person that fell with Gaga, which he named, his name was Jack, took to social media Friday to clear up what happened. He said that he didn't pick up the star, nor did he drop her, as many onlookers claim. Okay. But um, they also said that her um, uh, security came and got him and took him backstage and talked with her. She probably said, please don't sue me. That's probably what she said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He needed to sue her. But she had her legs wrapped around this mm-hmm. man. She, she was drunk, probably. They it looked like it. Drunk. I mean, why would you jump on somebody from the audience, wrap your legs around him right. near the edge of the stage, 
and then they both fell off. Because most of the time they're just, you know, they say to come on stage and they're singing back and, you know, yeah, singing to you. Yeah, but she jumped on him and wrapped her legs around Crushed him like up. she was trying yeah. to hump the man. I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, she had one too many. Okay. Um, also, Prince's uh, second album turns 40 this month. And in honor of the anniversary, the Prince Estate has released a previously unheard acoustic demo version of I Feel For You. The version of the song was one of of the album's original tracks and later became a hit single with Chaka Khan in the title track of her 1984 album. The demo is is also available now on streaming services. The single will be on sale at Prince's website for the next week. Hmm. Trying to make it, uh, you know, exclusive. According to a statement from Princess Estate, the, the cassette demo was recorded um, sometime in 78-79. He was only 20 years old. Yeah, that sounds about right. His debut solo performance at the Capri Theater in North Minneapolis. Um, Michael Howe, he was blown away um, when he discovered the um, tape. When Chaka Khan re-recorded I Feel For You in 84, it became a top hit in the Billboard Hot 100 and earned the singer two Grammys, including Best R&B Song, which recognized Prince for his songwriting contribution. Okay. Okay, yeah, we got it. The guitar, he just getting it. years old. Mm-hmm. Y'all check it out on YouTube. And last but not least, just the Latino Awards, the Latin American Music Awards, has officially come to a close. I saw our boy Neo was on on the um, Latin um, American Music Awards. I said, all right. Uh, also, Mark Anthony, he got a special award. He had uh, a tribute to Jose Jose. I know he's a big Latino guy, Jose Jose. Um, and um, Jason Dorolo. I think he's Latin. He's a black Latin. I think fine. He's fine. Okay. <laughs> he's a big um, Jordan Sparks. <laughs> of course, you know, they had Pitbull also, too. You know, Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he ended up, he probably ended with a big party with Pitbull. I know, that's right. He gets it in. I have to give it to him. Yeah, Pitbull has a party everywhere he goes. Yes, he does. I think he has a party inside his own head. I think so. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, was that the wrap-up? That's it. All right, well, thank you, Kelly, for the wrap-up. Well, as long as we're celebrating, let's talk about the cocktail of the week. Uh-uh. All right, what you got for us tonight? The of the week, the week, the week. The week, week, week. It's called Peaches and Dream Martini. Ooh, Peaches and Dream. A slightly floral and surprisingly light and creamy martini made with Kettle Botanicals. Mm. We have two ounces of the Kettle One Botanical Peach and Orange Blossom Vodka. Yes. A half ounce of simple syrup, one-fourth um, ounce of the uh, tangerine soda, splash of coconut water, a splash of vanilla, a half an ounce of heavy cream and, and garnish with a blood orange. Mm. 
Yes, auntie. Heavy cream? Yes. Heavy cream, yep. Kind of add a little thickening to it. Yep. Makes it go down okay. nice. Here's to that one. I know that's right. Your glass. Yes. It will be on our website. Eaches and dream. But you know, one thing I can't understand for like me getting back to entertainment for a minute Mm -hmm. is why Rihanna has never done the Super Bowl. This girl has a ton of music. She says she don't want to. I like a lot of her. Well, it's not. I don't. It's not. You know, at some point, it's not about what she doesn't want to. But when you get all these other people here that don't have. Anything where they're struggling, where they can bring two other people with them in order to pull it off. It's getting to the point where, you know, come on. She said you know? she don't like what the NFL represents. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's not that's, her thing. That's, I think yeah, it all should be about the bottom line payday. No, it, that's, but that, she that's don't not need everybody's she don't objective. Trust and believe, she don't you need it. You always need money. No. Okay. But you know what they say? All, right. all money is not good money. Okay. Yeah, and some right. people feel like money is money, but some feel like all money is not money. I'm not saying money is money. I mean, but she stands for something. NFL like, got just plenty like Kaepernick. Money. Just like Kaepernick. He's standing for a particular cause. Yeah, but they're not bringing him back in the game. His cause is over. But that's they're not, not the point. The point in. is he don't need the money. His his journey is somewhere else. Yeah, but no, he needs. he's trying to get in, but they, they put a, a stop to him completely, and they got some of the most horrible quarterbacks in the game right now where they could use Kaepernick, but... I mean, I was just putting it out there. I'm not really. It's not. Yeah, a, they could, but that's not. It's not a debate thing, but I'm just saying the fact that you know, as far as J Lo, please give me a break. Ain't nobody talking about J Lo. Well, she's just your entertainment. She may get married again. I'm so. well. I'm not diverting to another uh, narrative. I'm just saying that I don't think I'd rather watch her on the big screen as an actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know four or five. I don't even know two of her records, and I've been looking at her for years. I don't have anything memorized in my head from her. She hasn't locked anything in. Mm-hmm. But Rihanna, I got like five, six songs. But like Kettle just said, Rihanna's already said, I won't do it. All right, well. So it's not that they haven't asked her or don't want her. She said, I don't want y'all. So. But don't you think that J-Lo, who has more money when it comes to J-Lo and Rihanna? She don't want think about probably it. Rihanna. Think about it. No, I'm thinking about it. All right, we I just talking said about probably Rihanna. Oh, don't go there. I wouldn't what, you bet don't that. Think she does. She says. I would say J Lo has more money. She says there's things within that organization that I do not agree with at all, and I was not able to go and be of service to them in any way. She okay. Just, she don't want to be a part of. That's cool. But I'm just saying, Rihanna has a, a cosmetic line. I think she's is she doing clothing let's go too. For, let's go raw talent. Well, I don't know who has more money. Let's go I with the money you're making off Rihanna. your raw talent. I mean, LeBron James can get a cosmetic line, but he's a basketball player first. They do cosmetic endorsements. Men. Endorsements that you create is not based on what you are famous for. So you want to know that's something that your name added to that product. Rihanna didn't come in the game as a cosmetic person. No. Um, Bobby Brown did that. You right. know the white woman, Bobby yes, Brown? Yes, I know who it is. She came in as a cosmetic right. person. Right, but what I'm saying is that so Rihanna don't put that on capitalized... capitalized on her name right. and her After look. she became who she was as a performer and Exactly, singer. and you say that to say what? The fact that you need to justify who you are first. What got you here first? But the question at hand was, who had more money? That's what you asked. Both of them are equal. You said, who had more money between Rihanna and J-Lo? I said, 
I think Rihanna might actually have more money at this point. Well, now she does. Well, that was the question. I'm not debating how they got it. I'm just saying. You asked the question, I answered. I guess the thing is, he's trying to say, well, she needs to go back to her roots, which is the, which is music. But well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I didn't say that at all. But, I'm just saying that. But her roots is music. I got that, but I'm saying after a while, you have to take a stand. What is the name on, of what is the name of her, her, that you, her that makeup line? Fenty. Okay, you got any? No, but that's her last name. You got any of her music on your on your? I do not. Or I'm not a big. Not a uh, no, let me take that back. I do have. There you go. One or two. Okay. I'm not a big, big fan of her music. So you got one or two of her songs. But I acknowledge that she's got talent. You got one or two of her songs in your MP3 player, but you have none of her makeup. No, it's expensive. I don't have that kind of money. No, that's the reality. Her products are very good. Prince's Prince's products are expensive. You got any Prince's products? Yeah, I do, because they're Kitsap's son, 
This is the guy with the vampire attack. Oh, okay. Mm. Who thought that his roommate was a vampire, something crazy like that. Mm. You're on the kiss it list. Annie Mae, Sally Mae. Sally Mae. Sally Mae. Freddie Pack. Navient. Fenty. Uh-uh. Also, the neighbor who had all that blood and, and animal stuff basement or dripping into that or seeping into somebody's Not basement. Not the neighbor, like the company that. had that. Or the company, neighbor, company. whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, that's crazy. Y'all on the kiss it list. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have anybody? Oh, Trump. For trying to have that, well, he already said he is having the G7 summit at his resort, and they're trying to claim he's not making a profit. Yeah, but are them. you going to let no all conflict. the media people there? You know, you know how many media people follow that G7 but summit? But see, my thing is, why would you allow that there? Yeah, I don't know. He's making money. He's saying it's a great layout. They got all these rooms and conferences. Yeah, and them niggas and everything. Excuse me. Great. I'm sorry. They gonna end up with beer pubs too. Is it free? I, I wouldn't want to stay up in there. He says they're not making a profit. I don't believe it's gonna be completely free. So if I want a beer in the middle of the night and I, so you think when they fill the refrigerator with all them spirits, that's free? None of that stuff is free. Okay. Somebody paid for that stuff. He's full of crap. Yeah. Also, for the Trump campaign, for putting out those T-shirts that say "Just Get Over It," mm-hmm. selling for thirty dollars. Whoever's idea that was to come up and jump on that wagon, y'all on the kissing list. Mm, mm, mm. All right. So when you go to get in the water and the pools and everything, you go to the guy and you rent your little That's not spongy free. stuff and everything. He's mm-hmm. paying at least to Trump. Now he's gonna make big money. And uh, yeah, they're all lying. Well, anyway, lying. we have something special. For all of the folks on this week's Kiss It List, here it is. my empire Trigger, and that bullet popped out of that gun so fast, and you don't understand that 
when that bullet came out, it changed your life. Changed your life. So you can run, but you can't hide. You can't hide. You may be ducking the detectives and everybody else now. So, like I said, let's just get behind the whole thing. You know? That was, All right. That was sad. Um, who's up next? Me or you, Kev? You got to be a while. Okay, my last word is, again, feed the children. Stop penalizing the kids in school because their parents have not updated or put money into their lunch accounts. The kids need to have their lunch. They can't learn on an empty stomach because when you're hungry, that's all you can think about is how hungry you are. So, you know, when the test scores go down and the school doesn't get the funding they want because the test scores go down, then you're going to look back and say, wow, we should have fed the kids. So let's just cut to the chase. Feed the kids. Y'all got a $200 million operating budget up in Cherry Hill, and I'm sure other school systems are facing the same issue. This is nothing new. Just figure out a way to feed the kids. That's all I'm saying. Feed the kids. What's your last word, Kevin? Um, oh, Sally Mae. Is it Sally Mae? Yes, yeah, Sally Mae. It changed the name oh, so many man. times. Sally Mae. To protect the guilty. Equals trillions of dollars. I agree. That's where a lot of money's buried in this mm-hmm. world. And it's sad. We need to find a way to, to deal with selling, man. Yeah, we've got to crack it. Even if it's a class action suit or something, because they have changed the name several times, as they say, to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the innocent, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's sad because it's discouraging the kids to go to school. I know exactly. one person is discouraging that person to go to school because they're like, I don't want to be in debt when I get out. And uh, Sally, about that. Sally May or we as a people, we need to do something about that. Either fight against Sally May or, you know, maybe we can work together and fight against them and, 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 and have a class action shoot against them because <clears throat> it just needs to be... Um, it needs to be fixed. Yeah, it needs to be fixed. Right. Well, you're right. It's also a cult. You know, it's hmm. a cult. Yeah, because just sign the papers. And I'm going to say this here one thing for two seconds. When you take your employees out and celebrate what they did, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do? You're trying to convince them that they're doing the right thing. And encouraging them. And to encouraging them to right. do more right. when they don't realize that they're destroying people's lives. Right. You can't even file bankruptcy to get rid of that. And bankruptcy is not something that you do lightly. Mm-hmm. That's a choice that when you make that choice, it's because you've exhausted You're all other You're letting these people go to Hawaii animals. and have a ball. Enjoy yourself. It's all on us. Enjoy it. They yeah, come back. Yeah. Woo, I'm into it. And, you know, you're destroying people. Right. I couldn't believe. 347,000 new clients, and they'll collect $5 billion in four years. It's getting crazy. Billion dollars. Five right. billion. Oh, that's a hundred trillion. You said something about trillion. Well no, they they, well, that's they the already total that's the total they already got. That people already owe. I got you. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's but vicious. We gotta do yeah, something. We gotta do something. And we gotta get that question on the ballot box on the next debate. I wonder what would happen if everybody who owes student loans, parent loans, if we all just collectively said we're not paying it. Right. Period. Boycott. Yeah, just say we're just not going to do it. Right. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Prosecute, send letters, right. threaten collection, mm-hmm. mess up the credit. Do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. 
but we're not going to do it anymore. But it's got that question got to get on the ballot for the debates. Yeah, it's almost it's like gotta this, be direct. this company is, is booking people to pay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They get a big bad wolf blowing everybody's house down. They got to yeah. sneak up on them. Look, we talked about this here. We talked about that, climate mm-hmm. change. What are we doing about student loans? What, yeah. What's your plan on that? And yeah. I'm sure That's all them, them 12 politicians will be like, uh, I haven't thought about that. Uh, well, see, they all have plans talking about, well, if we can get free college education, but that doesn't help but the people who the people already, already have loans. Debt. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. Well, all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up and get on out of here. Uh, we thank everybody for joining us tonight. You can check us out, as usual, at apajamaparty.com. Do not forget the A, apajamaparty.com. Listen to this episode and previous episodes. And thanks to DC Homegrown, our parent company, for keeping the bills paid. We appreciate that. And uh, we're going to say goodnight and get on out of here. Oh, shout out to uh, our people out in Hawaii. All right. And Cali, mm-hmm. North Carolina, New York, DC, Philadelphia. Uh, who else did we miss? DC, Maryland, Virginia. We appreciate you all. Say goodnight, Papa. We're getting up out of here. Good night, good night. Say goodnight, Cal. Good night. And bonsoir. Till next Friday when we do it all again at 9 o'clock Eastern. We're out of here. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatanti, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabi ko. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Thank you.